Hello, people. This is Reed Striva. And I'm Jude LeCompte. And this is Cajun, Cajun Kingdom, Kingdom of Priests. Their job is to sanctify the social order, to sanctify the world. That's where the power of the laity lies. To transform society, they must begin by changing their own hearts first. Our nation is too full of those that are crying down. Down with the police! Down with the churches. Can you build anything down? You cannot. Let's begin now to use the word up. Up from all of this filth. Up from this violence. Up from this indifference of courts. Up, up, up to God. And keep the joy of loving. And welcome to another episode of Cajun Kingdom of Priests. This is Reed Striva. And this is Jude LeCompte. And I'm Father John Joseph. And we have a very exciting episode once again. Once it's again. almost like every single one we've done has just been to die for. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I think so. I don't know. So yeah. who do we have? We have Father Champagne, Father Michael Champagne. Y'all asked for it. We got it. The Cajun King of Priests. Indeed. Boom. Boom. Yep. Yeah, Indeed. yeah, he's he's the real deal, and your boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> the scripts have the scripts have flipped. Can yeah. you say that? Does that work? This flip the script. The, the scripts have been, has become like the, the master. It's like well, the well, I'm now. just <laughs> I'm just thinking like you know there was one point where I was being in the hot seat like oh I'm podcasting with my boss, right. and now <laughs> right well. Except for you're not in that. Yeah, in the I know. I <laughs> yeah, you just have I talk to talk to him about every day. Him. Yeah, <laughs> if I get a chance. <laughs> if I get a chance. Yeah, he's yeah. A, he's a busy man. It was pretty hard to get him. Yeah, it was. It was. It, but I mean, you know, it's like it made me excited whenever he would call me. I was kind of starstruck. You know, I've gone <laughs> I've gone to confession with him like twice in my life, and I've heard a homily once, and it's like every single time I'm mind blown by the wisdom that he drops on me, and it. All of a sudden, I get a phone call from Father Michael Champagne, and I was like, oh, my gosh. All right, I got to go. I got to go. I answered yeah, it, and we got it set up. Yeah, he had, you know, it's it's hard to get in touch with him, though. He's a busy guy. And we only got to get about a 25-minute podcast in with him. Yeah. And we had to run. Well, so I, I one of my teachers from back from seminary, he Father Champagne actually gave, like, a faculty retreat for um, Notre Dame Seminary. And so this was their first time of encountering Father Schnaufine. And so um, this is the way I, this is the way my teacher described it. He said he said he looked at Dr. Eubank and another one of the teachers after after it, it was all and they just their eyes were, you know, just clearly in shock. And uh, he said uh, Dr. Eubank looked at him and said, what just happened? <laughs> and and, uh, and uh, my teacher said he goes, he goes, yeah, the man. He knew Latin, Greek, Hebrew, French, Italian, some other language. I'm not sure what it was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing that was Gaged French. I don't know. But anyway, I just thought that was a perfect description of Father Shop. Yeah, it's he a, blessed a, us in French right after right after we were done recording. He blessed us in French. Oh, was, cool. Yeah. yeah, that was cool. Yeah, yeah. It's you remember we talked about? I think it was last episode. Uh, mystagogy. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Being with Father Shop is mystagogical. <laughs> mystagogical. <laughs> just always figuring out more. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, always being well, I would I would love for you to share Father John Joseph. I mean, just quickly about Father Champagne. You and you entered the community. He was the only priest of the community. Well, well, yeah. And uh, Father Fry, or well, uh, there was uh, a couple of other priests who are no longer with the community. But okay. Yeah, uh, at that time, however, um, yeah. So so Father Champagne um, obviously is uh, extremely gifted in so many different ways. But I think I think one of the most admirable aspects about him is he's a man's man, and he he just uh, I mean, oh, un, a relentless worker. Hmm. You know, I think it's just so. I think I think that's why he's so beloved is because everyone knows that Father Champagne works harder than they do, you know? <laughs> and it's just you know to see a priest working that hard in every way. I mean, whether it be manual labor or, or it be, you know, other administrative tasks or even intellectual things, you know, it's just very inspiring. And so he inspired me, certainly, uh, just encountering that. And then I think also it's just, 
I think just to see holiness in a in a Cajun homegrown, you know, man is mm-hmm. just is just for so many of us it's just inspiring. And it just kind of says, hey, you know, I could I could be a couillon, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, and, and still be a well, maybe couillon might not be the right word. I can be a Cajun and, and still be a, a saint, a saint. Yeah. So, yeah. And so Father Champagne, you know, I mean, he's lived a tremendous life. But I, I mean, I could probably recite most of his stories by heart. <laughs> but one of the things, you know, he's he's got his doctorate, um, which is not true for every priest. But he's got a doctorate in in uh, spiritual theology, and he wrote on the relationship between Mother Teresa, Mother Teresa's in, being inspired by Saint Therese of Lisieux. Wow! Mm. So he knows. I mean, all the missionaries of charity, he's like a rock star for the missionaries of charity. He's like, <laughs> he's like the priest, you know, cause he's the expert on mother Teresa. I mean, he's wow. one, at least one of them. So he's got some pretty awesome stories. He also, you know, met John Paul II several times. One of my favorite really? stories. Yeah. About that. He, he, he said that he met, he was kind of, kind of in the dumps or whatever. And, uh, but he got to meet the Pope and, he had just been kind of, I don't know if it was questions about his vocation or whatever, you know, we just kind of get in those ruts. And anyway, but he was excited to meet the Pope and, and Pope John Paul, you know, was shaking hands and he passed him, he passed Father Champagne up and went to the next guy. I mean, like after he shook Father Champagne's hand and, and he went on over to the next guy. And then Pope John Paul looked at Father Champagne in the face and he said, Coraggio, which means take courage. And he said, Father Champagne just said that, like, in an instant, it's just like everything that all of his discouragement was just ripped out of him. And Gosh. he never looked back. Wow. And that's such a cool story. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. He said it was like, let there be light. And then there was light. Yeah. It was like Pope John Paul said, take courage. And I had courage. <laughs> wow. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and for those of you who don't know, that's John Paul in the uh, intro, in our little intro. He's, he's oh, the yeah. one who's like, what does he say? He's like, uh, you know, to transform society, oh, they must begin okay. by changing their own hearts first. That's that was a pretty good in- imitation. Yeah, that, that was pretty solid. <laughs> I'm yeah. not going to lie. I've always wondered what he said right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you know. <laughs> but yeah, Father Champagne, I mean, uh, on the podcast, we talk about spiritual theology. We talk about Cajun history and, and just, I mean, he's just has so much knowledge to drop he just you just give him a little topic and he just keeps going he just keeps talking about and and it just all comes together i was talking to jude about kind of just like receiving father champagne's wisdom it's kind of like at first he's using a lot of different analogies and things and then you're not really sure or at least me personally i'm not really sure where he's going with it until uh, towards the end, he just puts it all together, and I'm just mind blown. It's like, oh, this all came together. That's why yeah. he mentioned Burbridge. That's why he. Did <laughs> yeah, that. yeah. No, no. It's funny. It's funny <laughs> because when I when I first started like drinking from the fount of his wisdom, uh, <laughs> was 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 when you know when I first got there. So I mean, I knew a good bit of theology, and a lot of times he would use analogies having to do with like cars and, and construction. And to be honest, I did not know much about that. So I actually learned more about cars and construction because he was making them comparisons to theology. And I was like, oh, well, theologically, that's what this means. So this must mean that a carburetor does this. <laughs> so, uh, that's, that's, I lear- learned a lot um, about other things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Just like wh- while he's talking, yeah, there have been there have been times where I'm like listening to a homily, and I think no way he's about to all bring this back to one point. Yeah, like, yeah. No way he's yeah. bringing it, and then he does it. And th- I mean, his homilies are no doubt 45 minutes at least, <laughs> but but he always has you like like sitting on the edge of your chair, like what is going on? Yeah, like, that's that's what like that's common feel sentiment that people have is they're like. <laughs> somehow I managed to listen to him the entire time mm-hmm. and like <laughs> never fall asleep. And it's yeah. just, I mean, he just, he just got away, you know, a uh, very inspiring preacher and, and just, uh, you know, priest, you know, and I mean, there's a, there's a few rock star priests in our diocese and he's definitely one of them. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I, I think everybody there's knows no that. Doubt. And he's definitely, he's definitely well known 
a lot of people have brought him up, you know, just, you know, referring to him as, as somebody who, you know, we need to have on the podcast. There's no doubt, you know, if y'all have father Sean Pine, I'm listening to him. Um, yeah, his, his drive, his ambulance confessional. Oh yeah. That's been the Fed deal, the Tesh, you know, all these things that, that y'all are doing really in society is just, I mean, it's making such a clear difference. Um, and, and kind of that whole goal that y'all have of like building, um, you know, reuniting Catholicism and Cajun culture and reminding people that this is where it comes from, that like mm-hmm. Cajun culture, it, you know, you can't separate the two, which is something that we talk about a lot or he talks about a lot in the podcast. Yeah. No. Yeah. And, and that's where, I mean, that's certainly been an inspiration for me and just, uh, I, I think it's just, it's been such a, you know, just such a beautiful thing for me to see that like, Hey, you know, uh, our Cajun culture is rich and, and just, it's just, it, it impacts me over and over again. And I just, I just see how deeply rooted the faith is here and, and how much, how much it's threatened, you know, just that, that we can, we can really lose it if we're not careful in preserving it, you know, not just the culture, but the faith, mm-hmm. you know, but it's just awesome when you're just driving around and you just see everybody's got a, a Mary statue you yeah. know, one of my f- mm-hmm. my favorite stories was we had we had a guy in, in one of our Bible studies, and uh, he was he was asking if Jesus was conceived without original sin. So I said, I said, yeah, I mean, he was the Son of God. I mean, he sin was incompatible with him. And I said, and actually, his mother Mary. He goes, yeah, 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 I know that. <laughs> <laughs> that's easy. So it's just like you know, that's just like some good old Cajun Catholicism. It's like. <laughs> We are certain Mary's conceived without sin. But Jesus, we're not sure about. But <laughs> no, but it's just it just shows how deep. You know, I mean, we love the Blessed Virgin. It's just yeah. so deep in us. Yeah, and uh, just just powerful. <laughs> another story. This is another funny story. But a friend of mine was just telling me uh, another. He's a uh, a deacon, and uh, he said that he was talking to this lady, and she, her husband. Uh, you know, was addicted, had, had some addictions, and uh, particularly to alcohol. And when he'd pass out drunk, she'd go and pour holy water in his beer. <laughs> not recommended that. That's not a good idea. Just, but so, so when he'd wake up and he'd start drinking again, she's like, he's drinking some holy water. <laughs> Got him. So that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. Oh, anyway. my God. Speaking of Cajuns. Oh, is it that time? It's so, that time. All right, well... It's time for our Cajun Word of the Day. Le pepa tracasse. I think it's Oof. La pepa tracasse. Le pepa tracasse. Le pepa tracasse. I'm right. I got, I got a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. I was like, oh my gosh, what is the Cajun Word of the Day? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm right. glad. Tracasse. Yeah. Tracasse. Yeah. Kind of roll the R. A little bit. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm pretty bad at. Tracasse. La pepa tracasse. Pepa tracasse. Um. Tracasse. Uh. What? Well, I'm hearing pa, which is do not. Yeah, right? you will learn some words. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's starting to <laughs> La pepa, so, you know, the blank. Don't know. Or <laughs> <laughs> don't. <laughs> no. Um, All right. Come on. Pay? Would you happen to know how to spell pay? Don't feed the dragon. Man, I don't know. No. Okay. Don't feed um, the dragon. That's my don't guess. Don't feed the dragon. Don't feed the dragon. I'm, I'm going to go with um, la pay. Patracase. Pay. Um, I'm going to go with. The the country doesn't crumble. The country doesn't crumble. Oh, I see where you did there. You, you know, pay like as in country. No. Yeah. So no, no, <clears throat> y'all are both wrong. Um, so <laughs> What's new so, around here? Yeah. So <laughs> no. uh, look, this might be something y'all actually know. Uh, you know what a thraka is? No. I've I've heard. I feel like I've heard. You know. Yeah, being, I've heard the word. I feel like I've been called that before at some point. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that was grammatically incorrect. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, then never mind. Maybe somebody was cursing at me. I don't know. No, no, I mean, like, if somebody says, oh, that's a grand traca. Or that's it's a big yeah. mess up. 
Yeah, yeah, you got. Oh, uh, if you got mistake. called that, a golly, Reed. <laughs> yeah, my parents. I'm no. <laughs> 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 Twenty-three years ago, that was a Rothrock. <laughs> 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 uh, I mean, Reed, you're 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 okay around these okay, parts. Okay, so don't so don't make a mistake. Oh um, no no no. Okay, so right. actually, but you're you're y'all are you getting there. So so traka can be a trouble or a worry. Hmm. Traka. Um, so traka se means to worry, or so le pay actually means uh, pay. So don't you worry. So no, it means it doesn't pay to worry. Ah, good phrase. Good so, phrase. So yeah, so you know, it's like Padre Pio, you know, le pay patraca say, don't don't worry, it doesn't pay to worry, you mm. know, pray hope and pray don't worry. Pray hope, don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So there you go. So like whenever y'all stressing, you know, I don't know what what stresses y'all out, you know, girlfriend stressing you or whatever. <laughs> Can't relate. <laughs> <laughs> no. <Uh-oh. laughs> <laughs> no, le no. Pay pas le, la, yeah, le pay man. <laughs> then, then pay to worry. No worries, right? Cool. Awesome. Nice. Well, so there's your Cajun word of the day. Boom. Boom. Wonderful. So, All right. So y'all remember Learn. what was the one last week or last last episode? Yeah, it was uh, it was uh, Cajun's content. It was it was uh, uh, Cajun yeah. content. Yeah. Like Reed, you're getting good at this, dude. To les Cajun content. Le Cajun Canton. That's not how it went. I thought I really thought I had it in me. Oh yeah, that was it. Yeah, I think Laura does it better. Oh yeah, she definitely does. <laughs> no doubt. All right, so so yeah, so we got it doesn't pay to worry. So you can say lash la patat, you know, uh, keep it up, and you can say the which patat which Father Champagne talked a lot about. La, Lash Pal La Patat. He for, did? Yeah, yeah. Well, he we was were, telling us all about it. That's going to end yeah. up being like Before the bylaw. podcast. That's actually not on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Lash Pal La Patat. Everybody loves that one. It's just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just great. So, um, okay. Well, I think we need to have our theological word of the day now. Theological word of the day. Yeah, Dude, so your fiddle player is awesome. Yeah, so I, I we need to give a shout out Quick to, to Brazus Huval. So this is this is Braz Huval. Uh, he is he teaches fiddle with UL, and he's the one who did these little fiddle riffs. I mean, he's pretty pretty awesome. So amazing. So All of them are brazzing yeah, it up. So That's good. what we're gonna call it. We're bra- it we brazz it up. Brazz it up a little bit. Yeah, just just. Do we have to go theological term of the day again? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. We'll do that after. Yeah, we'll do that later. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, theological term of the day is perichoresis. Perichoresis? Yep. Perichoresis. Perichoresis. Well, think about it. Let's brass it up. Oh, wow. Ooh, that's intense. Yeah. Perichoresis. Perichoresis. CG'd right now. This is this is what ridiculous. Yeah, this is what I would use to like get pumped up for a football game. Yeah. These fiddle riffs. Pray that yeah. core perichoresis. <laughs> Specifically that fiddle. Oh, okay, gotcha. A little bit of both. Maybe once I'll learn what perichoresis is, I can use that too. Perichoresis. Uh, man, I, I'm pretty blank on this one. I'm just, I'm just having a blast. Sorry. <laughs> well, perichoresis. Father, I seriously have no idea. Yeah, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say how the Eucharist, uh, how the Eucharist impacts us. So the Eucharistic effects on our soul. Yeah. Okay. Perichoresis. Um, I'm gonna say, um, man, got to answer now. The Jeopardy theme song is over. Uh oh. Um, perichoresis. Um, maybe, maybe, um. Maybe trying trying to Oh, oh no. no I don't know what that's time for <laughs> Double Jeopardy Double Jeopardy <laughs> uh, No I, I have no 
I'm, I'm, I'm going to say maybe, maybe what, what leads, what leads somebody to ha- having, having to do with somebody wanting to be a, a saint. It <laughs> <laughs> was like 45 seconds of nothing, <laughs> of nothing coming out. <laughs> oh, All right. Man, what, man. what do we got? And All no right. matter what, it would have been wrong. So <laughs> yeah. I should have just said something from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, actually, okay. So perichoresis, it has <clears throat> so choreograph, choresis actually comes from the same word. Okay. So uh, we would, I mean, what does choreograph have to do with? I mean, just kind of organize to um, to plan out, plan out to. Uh, yeah, but specifically, like a choreographer, what do they do? They, I mean, they put together dance. a dance. Yeah, it's a dance. So, so actually, perichoresis has to do with it's it's co- almost considered like the dance of the Trinity, in that wild. Ooh. Yeah. So it's actually how the Trinity, uh, the Father is in the Son, and the Son is in the Father, and they're both in the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's in them, and all that kind of stuff. And the Holy Spirit's just getting it. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> it's like, is it the relationship? <laughs> 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 Nice. No, just dance. So it was—it's like the relationship between all of them. Yeah. So so okay. it's it's um, it's Which but it's more one. it's more than their relationship. So so here's the here's the cool thing about the Trinity. Okay. So the Trinity is of course one, right? They're completely one. Hmm. What makes them distinct? What makes the the well? What what is the word that distinguishes whatever's going on in the Trinity? I mean, we say there's three what? Bodies. No, there's no bodies. Three persons. Yeah, three, three persons. persons. Yeah. That's right. yeah. So, so what? What do we mean by the word person? I have no. I've honestly always wondered this. Yeah. Like, how can that be three persons? They're God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. No. Yeah. So. So. It's one God and then three persons. So actually what defines a person is the relationship, is a relationship to or the relations in the Trinity. So, so what we're actually looking at is what makes the father father. So notice what his name is, is what? It's a relation. Mm. You see, it's okay. his relation to the son because you can't have a father without a son, Right. Can't have a son without a father. So it's it's showing the relationship and the spirit. There, there was really no other word <laughs> to describe that. So, so that was the word that Jesus used was the, the spirit. So so you see that the three, the three persons of the Trinity are only persons insofar as they're related to one another. So, it, and that's true for us too. You know, we live in a society that's pretty individualistic. In other words, like everybody kind of feels like what makes me me is when I get to do whatever I want to do. Mm. You know, yeah. you know, you do you, you know, live your truth, you know, whatever. All these ridiculous things. So that 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 basically is saying that that I I need to be away. Uh, I need to uh, destroy whatever obstacles I have to me being me. And that might be you. So if you're getting in the way of me being me, then I'm getting rid of you. So, uh, you know, okay, I mean, that's yeah. kind of, you just block them. You, you block their phone calls. You, you write them off on Facebook, whatever that might be. So that's individualism. That's different from recognizing the dignity of a person. So the person is understanding that I only understand myself in relationship to one another. So it's my relationships that really help me to understand myself. So I know myself because I'm in Cajun culture. I know myself mm. because I, ha- I come from a family. I know myself because I have friends and I have uh, communion with, uh, I have the community of Jesus crucified. So I understand myself in my relationship to one another. And so that gives me a sense of personhood. It's rooted in community. Mm. You see that? So the same is true for the persons of the Trinity, that their, their own, their identity, the identity of each person in the Trinity is based off of their relationship with the other persons of the Trinity. See that? And and from what I understood <clears throat> in, in the theology of the body class that I took was yeah. that we had that understanding pre-fall. 
like who we truly were when we looked at another yeah. in relation with that person. Exactly. And then that was the whole point is that they were naked and they, they didn't, it, it wasn't, it wasn't even regarded. Mm-hmm. But then as soon as they, their eyes were open and they saw that they were naked, then they started to realize that they could objectify one another. Mm. So no longer was I, rec- I was, we would recognize each other as persons whom we are in relationship to, but now as objects that could be used for my own personal pleasure. Mm. You see, and that's what happened particularly yeah. between man and woman, but uh, in the whole of society. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we don't like, that's why it's, it's shameful to be naked. But God didn't say, okay, now if you get it right, then you get to be naked again. <laughs> That's not the point. You know, in fact, he made them skins so that way they would not uh, be ashamed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he actually gave them, gave them clothes. Um, but, the, but the point is, is that in, within the Trinity, the Trinity is like the, Jesus talks about the fa- I am in the Father and the Father is in me and, and uh, we're in you and you in, a, you know, and, and that the Holy Spirit is kind of the bond of unity between them. And so what's happening is between, within these, these three persons of the Trinity, there's a sort of this dance of them being dynamically interwoven inside of one another. Mm. And that, whatever that is, is called perichoresis. Wow. Yeah. So that's your theological word of the day. Perichoresis. Very cool. Yeah. Now, did you did you have like a class on that? On perichoresis specifically? Yeah, like by itself. No, I mean or? we had Trinitarian theology. Okay, which sounds extremely complicated. Oh yeah, it gets tough. Yeah, it gets crazy because <laughs> it it gets kind of abstract, but at the same time, it's so it's so intrinsic to who we are that it like it's sort of like we we sort of know this. I mean, uh, not it had to be revealed to us else we wouldn't have known it, but it just makes sense. Yeah, you know that God is is a perfect communion of persons within himself. Mm. You know, he's not lonely, you know, but at the same time, perfectly united. So there's no distinction, you know, they're not against one another. They don't disagree with one another, you know. So anyway, cool cool. stuff. Very, very very cool stuff. We just went deep. Yeah. Come, come back. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Bring, bring in, let's, let's get, let's get a little fate. Cajun Rift right here. Let's brass it up. Yeah, brass it up. up. (laughs) All right. Let's see what this one's like. Oh. Perichoresis right here. The three of us are are having some perichoresis. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Very good. There you go. So um, I think it's time for us to get to the episode. Yeah, let's get to it. We got Father Champagne in there. All right. Well, stay tuned, and you will hear uh, Cajun Kingdom of Priests with Father Shopping. Enjoy. Love don't care. Love don't care. Welcome to another episode of Cajun Kingdom of Priests. I'm Reed. And this is Jude. Father Champagne. We're here with Father Champagne. Wow, you've been you've been highly requested. Highly requested by what the police? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody uh, say, get Father Champagne on there. Yeah, uh, some good Cajun uh, accent, I guess. Yeah, yeah I think exactly. so too. They want some authenticity. Some Boudreaux in this jokes, maybe. That's, that's right. Yeah. yeah, Father John Joseph's accent just isn't quite to that level yet. Yeah, well, it's, he's from Kaplan, you know, from Kaplan, <laughs> and, but he spent a little time in Lafayette, and he kind of. Uh, Kind of ruined his good accent. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So where are you originally from? I'm from Leonville, which is on Bayou Teche near Orneville, Cecilia. Yeah. Um, yeah, St. Landry Parish, right there at the at the bottom of St. Landry Parish. Oh. And that's where Fête du Teche starts, right? That's correct, yeah. Had nothing to do with me being from there. Okay, <laughs> all right. You're just following the bayou. Yeah, well, it's, they have a, a big church, and uh, they have a, a great boat landing. So when you're dealing with about 50 boats uh, and a big crowd of people, you need, and it's very close to the uh, the bayou, so you can just walk out the church and go down right. to the bayou. So Port Barry doesn't have that same situation. Of course, the test starts in Port Barry, so oh, okay. um, you know, you know. So that's why we start in Lambo. But uh, it's just part of the the path that the uh, Acadians came down. So try to replicate it. Great. Right. Perfect. So what you know? What is the the best story that you can give us about the Acadians? Because, you know, I don't really know that much about the history of Cajuns. And, you know, I respect the culture and I love it. And I love being a part of it down here. Don't know that much about it. Yeah, I mean, the Acadians are not that different from a lot of uh, 
European groups uh, that came down. You know, the Italians came uh, and, uh, like, you know, they go to Pennsylvania, work in the steel mills. They brought their priests. They built their churches. You know, the same thing happened with uh, with the Irish and stuff and uh, Catholics and coming on the railroad and uh, Germans. So the Acadians, a difference, they were persecuted. Obviously, they were settled in, uh, in Nouvelle Ecosse, which is New Scotland, and then when the British took over that area, uh, they pushed them to become Church of England, change their religion, and also to, uh, you know, to fight with the English. And, uh, of course, they refused on both counts. They were French and Catholic, so that was the reason for their double fault while they were persecuted. And uh, so they were uh, homes and possessions were taken, burnt their homes and uh, d divided. Um, and actually about, you know, let's think about it, maybe a third of them uh, were, were killed or lost their life. Mm -hmm. And oh, so... Wow. Um, it was great persecution, and mainly because of the faith. They could have uh, spared uh, all that suffering by renouncing their faith and taking a different version of it, you know, in the Church of England, but they refused. And so uh, many of them returned to France and came back down. Some of them came uh, down the bayous and got land grants uh, from uh, the Spanish king at the time, and then um, came uh, down the Teche because uh, land grants started uh, really at Port Barry and came down. And so as they were being filled up, the, the, the land grants, they ended up around um, the, uh, the, uh, 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 the Atakapa, post-Atakapa, which became St. Martinville. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. No way. How cool. So, yeah. And so they, uh, and of course, they, they brought their priest, Father uh, uh, Jean-Louis de Souvray, who was a Capuchin. And uh, he came down with him because they felt it was important to have the sacraments and the priest. And this was not uncommon of uh, immigrants from uh, from. Uh, uh, Europe that came to the New World, but uh, so they brought their priests with them, and then he started a little, you know, church there in St. Martinville, and uh, it was initially, this is interesting, it was initially called uh, L'Église Saint-Joseph à Tacapa, uh, so we have that actually in the archives of the diocese, some of the first baptisms were done uh, à l'Église at the church of St. Joseph at post Tacapa. Wow. and uh, but what happened was when they got the decree from Rome to erect the new parish, which is our oldest parish in the Diocese of 1765, uh, both the Commandant, uh, who was in charge of the Acadians' uh, civil kind of authority, as well as for the, uh, the, the Pret, uh, the, uh, Jean-Louis de Sevray, they were both from uh, Bordeaux, France, and uh, their parish was um, Saint-Martin-de-Tours. So they said, let's call it Saint-Martin-de-Tours. So yeah. they, they were able to write it in, so they kind of changed the name. That's how mm. you know, uh, uh, it became Saint-Martin-de-Tours. And of course, St. Martin Parish, St. Martinville, all that uh, is named after the parish. Now, now, what what about what about the the Acadian culture? Are you trying to bring back with something like the Fet? Um, yeah, well, the you know the idea. This was done for the 250th anniversary, which is very significant. I mean, it's you know, St. Martin Church is older than the country of the United States. You know, so that's that's pretty old wow. for us, not for Europe so much, but you know, for America. Um, you know, 256 years this year. That's 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 a bit ancient for us. So it's older than uh, the revolution and, and and the founding of the United States of America. And uh, so for 250 years, we wanted to do something special, and we decided to uh, do this boat procession with the Eucharist because we do street processions. But back in those days, the water and it always fascinated me. Uh, I went to school in Orneville, the, the, the sisters, and the old church in Orneville was facing the Bayou Teche because the road was right along the Teche, and then also people would come in by boat uh, to Mass. And now all these, so there's a lot of churches along the Teche, but then now they're facing, you know, a main street or something like that, like Bro Bridge, for example. And all. But the old churches were facing uh, the bayou, and that was kind of the bayou. There was a little, wow. a little uh, lane next to the bayou where the carriages would come. So uh, I said, well, instead of having a street uh, procession, let's do a boat procession. And because by carrying Father Jean-Louis de Sevray with them, they were bringing the Catholic faith, and they were flying their flag, you know, of the uh, Stella Maris. Stella Maris, star of the sea, is the assumption. So Mary has already arrived. She's the finished product, so she's up there, and we can see her at night. And so the, the sailors would look to the, you know, the Stella Maris and all the star or whatever to, to get their bearings and to travel. And so Mary is what gives us our bearings. We see in Mary what we are to become. So the Acadians, this, uh, I mean... France was consecrated, I want to say, 1638 to uh, Our Lady of the Assumption, even though the Assumption was only declared, you know, uh, a, um, uh, 
you know, a dogma of the faith uh, by Pius XII in, in, in the 1950s. It was uh, one of the earliest beliefs about Mary, one of the earliest, uh, uh, the, 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 the Church of the Dormition and uh, the fact of uh, feast day, uh, feast of the Dormition. So it was only dogmatically declared later, but so France was all dedicated, all of her provinces, even when the Acadians, all their provinces, when they had Nouvelle Coast, was dedicated to Our Lady Star of the Sea, which is the Assumption. So the 15th, uh, we say Cannes Ut, uh, the 15th of August has always been seen as the Cajun's feast day. Among the old Cajuns, that, uh, that's Mary's Day, Mary's Day. Well, Mary has a lot of feast days, but that's Mary's Day for the Cajuns because of the Assumption. And so they came over, you know, flying the star of the sea, and that's why we have in our Acadiana flag the star, mm. which oh, is wow. Mary. Yeah, that's Stella Maris. That's the Assumption, the Stella of Maris. The castles are in, in, a tribute to the Spanish kings because uh, Louisiana had just come under Spanish ownership or rule right when the Acadians came over. There's already the French here, uh, but uh, they, they came over. So uh, they have those, the, the, the castles there for, the, for Spain, and of course the Fleur de Lis for the Trinity and the French kings, that, the Catholicism, you know, that idea. So we have that in our flag. That's, that's a new rendition, you know, in the 1970s or something. But the, the, the star was always um, flown as, uh, as uh, under the uh, tutelage of Our Lady of Assumption. So we wanted to reenact that, you see, by bringing the Statue of the Blessed Mother, that's mm -hmm. like the flag, the Acadian flags, and the Blessed Sacrament, you see, uh, so the faith. And today there's a lot of interest, you know, you pulling off the paneling, pulling up the carpet, getting your hard, uh, you know, long leaf pine floors, and everybody's into the antique, everybody's into the old, everybody's into genealogy, you know, yeah. they have websites, you know, for that now. So what people don't realize is that our, our culture, Acadian culture, you see, is can't be separated from Catholicism. That's how they got here, and uh, that's why probably in the United States this is still Catholic USA, even though it's deteriorated quite a bit since yeah. uh, my youth. So, um, well, by by redoing this, we're if, uh, highlighting culture. In the process, obviously, you're getting uh, you're getting your faith uh, re reiterated. Wow, and like everything. Everything that I mean, you listed, it's involved with Catholicism. All these things that, all these symbols that I've been growing up seeing since I was a kid. Right. That's all stuff that was like initiated by Catholicism and the journey of the Cajuns. Sure, like that's even even Carnival season, you know, Carnivale. So, Vale means goodbye in Latin, and Caro Cornis, you know, verbum Caro Factum est. Uh, so, corne, o meat, goodbye. <laughs> you see, uh, so see. Carnival means goodbye meat. So that was like. Mardi Gras uh, before Ash Wednesday, well, there was this, you know, well, have your nice uh, pork steak sandwich, you see, and enjoy mm -hmm. it because you're going to give it away for 40, you know. It didn't mean debauchery. It meant uh, enjoy one because you're going to be saying goodbye to it for a while, you know what I mean? But things like that. Um, obviously, the, um, uh, you know, the, the family here is so strong with regard to that. Our flags, for example, the, the Louisiana flag uh, with the, the uh, pelican, mm -hmm. and that's the Eucharist. And, and um, uh, you can see, for example, I think it was uh, Bobby Jindal who put the blood back on it. You see, it had been revised. They took the blood drops off the flag, and he had it reinstated from the old flag. Uh, but it was from uh, St. Thomas's uh, uh, divine office on the Eucharist, O Pie Pelicane, uh, from the Adoro Te Devote, we humbly we adore the uh, uh, Eucharistic hymn, where it says, O tell the tale of the pelican true, you know, the pelican who wounds herself to feed her young. When the young are dying, there's wow. no food, the pelican would wound itself, and the baby uh, fledglings would eat of the mama pelican to stay alive. So that the mama pelican would give her life so that the fledglings could live. And that became a symbol of the Eucharist. So a lot of you, like our altar in St. Martinville, Cathedral, I think, may have that as well, but a lot of the altars, the frontispiece, marble frontispiece in the front of the altar is a pelican, you see, with the beak against his chest and a bunch of little fledglings in a nest uh, leaning up to get fed, you see. Wow. Uh, so that's our Louisiana flag, the Eucharist, you see. Wow. Uh, and a lot of people don't realize that, but that's, uh, that's how deeply, you see, Catholic. Of course, St. Louis, King of France, you know, the, and St. Louis Cathedral and stuff, and uh, the importance of that. So many of our parishes are named after saints. Um, you know, St. Charles Parish, you know, mm, and yeah. St. Landry, the first, uh, you know, bishop uh, really of, uh, uh, an early bishop in France who started the first hospital, uh, Hotel Dieu, was founded by St. Landry. 
and uh, so St. Iron Catholic Church in Opelousas and all. And you had, of course, a, a big dose of Cajuns that got off the boat there, you see, in, in yeah. yeah. post-Opelousa after the Indians uh, who were in that area. Gotcha. Another thing interesting about the uh, Acadians is they were, you know, laid back. They were hard workers, but kind of laid back. They didn't take themselves too seriously. That's the big part. They, you know, they took God very seriously, they faith very seriously, but they didn't take themselves very seriously. And so um, this helped them. Like, for example, the Atakapa was supposed to be flesh-eating. They're cannibals, you know, they were savages. But the kids got along really well with them, you know. <laughs> and, in fact, um, uh, they traded with them and they helped them out and stuff. And it was, uh, so they got along real good, and they, they were able to uh, adjust to the culture, whereas I think other people would have been unable. And they were very uh, resilient as well as uh, they would uh, change. I think uh, one of the things about the Cajun, like, for example, our hot food, well, that was the Indians because of the humidity and sinus problems. So the Indians turned on the the Acadians to cayenne pepper and all oh, that really? stuff. So, oh, yeah, so French food is not that. If you've eaten French food, you have onions and stuff, but it's not hot and it's not uh, terribly seasoned. But uh, the Acadians, that came from the Indians. And the same thing with, like, okra and the gumbo and stuff, a lot of our mm. terms because of the close. You see, so again, this is culture and this is, this is respect for person, dignity of the human person and how the Acadians were able to do that. Of course, their faith taught them that, you found me? It was... Uh, um, so it wasn't just their French, you see, um, a heritage. It was uh, their Catholic faith that allowed them to be able to respect persons and uh, learn from them, be humble to, to benefit from them and to help other people. Hmm. Wow, that's awesome. So, um, so I also, I really wanted to, Father John Joseph had brought up a term, spiritual theology. And mm-hmm. um, I feel like, you know, I guess my initial thought was, all of theology is spiritual. You know, how could how could it be a specific sect of theology mm-hmm. to be spiritual mm-hmm. theology? I would love for you to kind of like explain that a little bit for me. Yeah, well, I mean, now there's a lot of different divisions of theology. I, I would say in the 18th century, late 18th century, uh, but it used to be just morals and dogma. So dogma with God is divinely revealed, and then morals about life, about uh, mores as actions. So a theology dealing with human acts, you know and then a theology dealing with what God has revealed. And so that was basically, you just had two, you know, the one, you know, the division of theology was moral theology and dogmatic theology. Then that started to get, uh, you know, uh, like systematic theology, dealing with Christology and ecclesiology, the study of the church, study of Christ, Mariology, study of Mary, Josephology now, the year of Joseph, studying about Joseph. Uh, so that's all in systematic theology. Dogmatic theology, like Trinity, uh, De Fide concerning faith, uh, concerning God revealing himself, all this would be in the big classes. Dogma theology. Uh, moral theology was dealing with acts. So, we, for example, bioethics now, sexual ethics, uh, fundamental principles of moral theology, the freedom of the acting person, the difference between moral acts and human acts, all this kind of stuff uh, it was considered moral theology. All right. But uh, we started dividing and say, well, spiritual theology is the, the theology of the spiritual life. In other words, everything is about the spiritual life. So you're right to say that everything should be pointing to spiritual theology. And spiritual theology includes dogmatic theology as well as moral theology because uh, who Christ is, who God is, what he's called me to, has all the bit to determine about how I ought to live in my destiny. And so if I'm going to Bro Bridge and I'm in Karen Crow, well then that going to Bro Bridge and being in Karen Crow determines how I'm going to get there. And so it's very, uh, a spiritual theology is the theology of the spiritual life, of trying to become a saint. Uh, what does God call me? He's called me to glory. That's why he created the universe. That's why he created me. That's why he redeemed out of love. He wanted to create out of love a free person who could love back and love him back. And so love wanted to diffuse itself, communicate itself, and to be loved freely back. And, of course, with the fall and the brokenness of sin and stuff, uh, Christ did not give, God did not give up, and he sent his son uh, to redeem us, the church, you see, to make that present to us and to be a communion of persons. So theology, the spiritual life, or spiritual theology, deals with understanding the whole nature of the spiritual life. And, of course, I need dogmatic theology, I need Christology, I need ecclesiology, I need messiah. All the different departments of theology come to bear on spiritual theology. And it's not just a, a study of, his, uh, of spirituality. It's not a history course. It's not just looking at different schools of spirituality, though spirituality is considered. Uh, spiritual theology is able to be applied in Uganda or in Bro Bridge, you see, or in, in Poland. It's uh, to be able to see what God has revealed about the high destiny of man's calling, uh, about how God redeems us, 
and how he's given us the sacraments and the means to sanctity, and then to be able to formulate uh, principles and, and to understand uh, uh, all the corollary principles about how a soul from baptism, you see, ends up in the beatific vision as a saint in heaven. And so that applies, these principles, natures apply to anybody, to a Dominican, to, to a lay person, to a priest, you see, uh, to a religious, uh, to a homeless person called to sanctity, as well as to some uh, wealthy uh, billionaire called to sanctity. So the principles uh, apply across the board. So that's what we mean by spiritual theology. Spirituality, well, that has more to do with living the spiritual life in a particular environment, particular state of life, a particular religious family with particular emphases, you follow me? Uh, it affects, uh, it's affected by climate, for example, uh, like the French school or nationalities you see in different things that are present. So we study schools of spirituality, Dominican spirituality, Carmelite spirituality, Benedictine spirituality, lay spirituality, pre and pre-spirituality, you see. So yes, it's going to have some different flavors, different characteristics, but the principles, you see, like a human nature, whether you're a man or a woman, you see, your human nature is the same. Now, particularly, in, you're different uh, because you're, uh, you know, you grew up here, you grew up there, you're a woman or you're middle-aged or you're single. So these circumstances uh, do affect how I live my spiritual life. But spiritual theology is more about what is a constant, you see, what's a given across the board for every human person, you see, loved by God, called by God uh, to the highest of sanctity. And that's what... Uh, uh, so that's what uh, is very important, uh, that everything bears upon, you know, uh, souls. That's what the church, church is, just human persons communing with the thrice holy personal God. And, uh, and sanctity is when, you know, that sponge that is a soul, it gets squeezed and, 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 and plunged into the bucket of the infinite love of God and communes mm. with him, you see, now and then face to face eternally in heaven. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that, that's incredible. I feel like a lot of times we can overemphasize either the the kind of the more spiritual side or the moral side and forget the integration mm -hmm. of both, you know, yeah. being knowledgeable about the faith or being knowledgeable about morals, but but letting one lack above. Yeah, above in fact, other. I remember Father Fry used to say, you know, um, morality is not spirituality, mm. you see. So we had the commandments before Jesus came. I have come, they may have life and have it to the full, Jesus says in John 10, 10. And so it means it's saint, a capital L, divine life, and to have it to the full. Now, uh, the commandments, yeah, uh, that God didn't change that. He perfected them. But morality, you know, doing the right thing and, and not offending God, uh, is, uh, is not spirituality, not, not becoming a saint. However, no spirituality without morality. Some people today say, oh, I'm very spiritual. I'm not very religious. Uh, I don't believe in organized religion, but I'm very spiritual. Everybody's spiritual, spiritual. This new age type of, you know, feeling good about themselves right. and about God's spirit or whatever. Uh, but no, you got to be moral. That you can't be spiritual unless, and Jesus says this, you know, if you, you know, what good must I do to possess eternal life? In, John, in Matthew chapter 19. And Jesus says, you know the commandments, thou shalt not steal. Which ones? Uh, you know, well, don't steal, don't commit adultery, don't, you know, don't lie, honor your father and mother, don't steal. Uh, and I've kept these in my youth. Good, you see. Then he looks at him with love in Mark's account, uh, Mark chapter 10, and he says, uh, and then he looked at him, he loved him, he says, one thing, for if you wish to be perfect, we'll say what you have, get to the poor, uh, and follow me. So following Jesus in a very personal fashion, whether it's leaving everything, as he calls some to do in religious life, or whether it's uh, being spiritually detached from them and using the goods of this world to serve the family or the good of uh, my neighbor, uh, nonetheless, following Christ is, you see, the spiritual life. And there's no following him without a moral life. But the moral life is not enough, you see. Um, so there's a difference between morality. So morality, what's a sin, you see? Uh, but, um, but no, uh, that's why the catechism tried to get away from that a bit by calling the moral section the life in Christ section and treating virtues there. You see, moral theology, treating virtues. So the ability to do good and the facility to do good, that I almost become second nature, chaste in my dealings. I don't have to think about it, just how I deal with a woman, how I deal with myself and others uh, in a certain manner. That Christ's chastity becomes alive in me. That's how I respond to people, almost second nature. That becomes a, a, virt a power in me, you see, uh, the power of, uh, of uh, prudence to be able to uh, quickly be able to make the right decision, given the fact of, of, of God and our de high destiny. So uh, we have to work at that in the spiritual life, and the Lord blesses that and then becomes powers in us. 
so we become, what does St. Paul say, uh, no longer I, who I have been crucified with Christ in Galatians. I've been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer, I no longer live my own life. Nay, rather, Christ's life is alive in me. So Paul's talking about being possessed by Christ. I mean, we know what it's possessed by the devil. We've seen mm-hmm. the movies or we've seen it in person where a person's faculties are possessed by an evil spirit. Well, to have ourselves possessed by Christ, you see, where I still uh, remain, Father Champagne, with my, you know, my uh, being and my human existence, and yet Christ is so alive in me. He uses my warm body to make himself present down, you see, uh, as I, I, I walk, uh, live my earthly life. So that's what sanctity is. It's, it's just holy. There's only one that's holy. You alone are the holy one we say in the Gloria. And that's, so that's Christ. But as I share in Christ, then that's holiness. And wow. the more that I do that, then that's the holier I become. And may Christ possess all of us. Amen. Please. Yeah. <laughs> Please yeah. We want to be possessed, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> by the right one, though. Yeah, by the right one. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Father Champagne. Uh, you're just a wealth of knowledge, and I, we're going to have you on again. Well, Do good. You. I appreciate it. Don't, uh, uh, don't be afraid to ask again, even though sometimes it's hard to schedule. Be happy to do that. Um, so, so one question we like to ask before, before letting you go, um, kind of our, our theme here is, is Cajun Kingdom of Priests. So, mm-hmm. so we, like to, we like to really emphasize how people are living out that, their baptismal call to be priest, prophet, and king, mm-hmm. but, but focusing mainly on that priest, mm-hmm. that priestly um, um, portion. And so, so the question we like to ask is how, how do you in your life um, particularly as a priest, but also mm-hmm. just, you know, in day-to-day, how do you feel like you make altars on the sacrifice of, uh, sorry, how do you make sacrifices on the altar of your mm-hmm. heart mm-hmm. Um, in your day-to-day life? Yeah, I think it's probably true of every priest, but every person, uh, all day long we're encountering brokenness. We, you know, that's what Jesus did. Jesus came and entered into our world, got close to us, and so I encounter brokenness. I hear all these confessions. People come to see me with great difficulties. I hear about this. A lot of it's, it's very, very uh, private, uh, and, and it's only myself and God. You see, so nobody knows. So it's got to be on my altar, my heart. It can't be on anybody else's altar because it's very, very um, dear or it's confidential. It's under the seal or something like that. So what I do, of course, obviously in the moment, as you can, you know, a little orphan Jesus, Jesus, I love you. You see, Jesus, take this. uh, I give this to you. you I receive my spirit, you know. So you make these little offerings. We call it ejaculatory prayers, little darts. That's what I equalize a dart. So a little dart you throw to the heart of Christ, just a sigh, you know, uh, toward heaven and then at night in the holy hour you see of course at the mass but at night in my holy hour then I lay those before the Lord I unload my burdens you find me so uh, I, I bring that to God so I don't I don't uh, keep that you see in a sense of weighting me down that I unload it and I offer it to Jesus and then uh, the next day I'm fresh to be able to bring some more to him wonderful awesome that was absolutely beautiful well Thanks again for coming on. It was an absolute honor. It's great to be with you. God bless you all. Merci beaucoup. Thank you, Father. A bientôt. Awesome. Until the next time. Yeah. Merci. All right.